Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, y'all? This is Tim Meinenkel. Welcome to the library. Make sure to follow me on Twitter. That's at kosher22 at kosher22 freestyle steve is the official dj of timberland and missy elliott he's also one of the first djs to play new york hip-hop in a miami club i had the chance to talk to dj freestyle steve a couple weeks ago freestyle steve uh thanks for joining me today on the library with tim ein okay okay what's going on Tim? i want to go into you obviously you you're 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 you know you're known for being timberland's dj but you know you've worked right. with you worked with Dre, you worked with Fifty, you worked with even Madonna. Uh, if you could take the right. you know take the time and like, how is it? Well, one how, how what what is it like working with Timberland? I mean, because you know you're because what's interesting about your your Timberland is that he's just not he's not just an MC, but he's one of the most incredible producers out there. So right, right. What, so what is that like? Not just working with an MC, but also working with an MC slash producer on stage. It's crazy because at the end of the day, I'm still a fan, and I'm a fan of music. So just being able to to, to work with and watch mm. one of the you know greatest. I mean, I still take Quincy Jones. You know, Dr. Dre is right there too. But you know, to be able to work with and watch one of the greatest you know producers of all time, you know, create from a shoebox and a snit and a drumstick, you know. Until you look up, you got a sexy back. You're like, oh, wait a minute. How did you do that? Where did that come from? <laughs> so, you know, every every time we're in the studio, he never seems to, you know, amaze me. Mm. Because, you know, it's crazy. He's just, he's a genius. He's a walking around genius. Is, is, is there, is there, a, 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 I mean, was there ever some sort of an a, a intimidation factor on your end of, like, you know, not, not wanting to, I guess, like, wanting to suggest an idea but not doing it because you were working with Timberland? Oh yeah, oh yeah. The, um, my first—I guess you say—the first year of us, uh, of us, you know, being first off, it was it was it was intimidating just to be able to go into the booth. I mean, to go into the actual studio and watch him, mm. and then you know you gotta you have to learn him because Tim is known as oh my god, Tim is known as the uh, everybody get out guy. He'll tell everybody get out. He don't care who it is. Who you are don't matter. He'll tell you to get out. I'm talking when I say he don't. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter who. Cause he will tell you to get out when he gets into that mode. But um, I guess once you told me that I didn't have to leave. You know when he went into one of those moods and I didn't have to leave. I was like, wow. You know I think he must respect me that much. You know. And then I guess when it came down to like letting him know what was the hottest songs in the streets. You know, he'll sit down here and listen to me. We'll talk about it. So the intimidating fact there was like, now I guess I can tell him like, yeah, to my thing, you should start, you know, put a little sound like this, mm. and it became no problem. You know, in the, in the beginning, yeah, you, you're intimidated, but then after a while, you're like, 
Nah, he's all right. Cool. Hey, man, that don't sound right. Cause I didn't like sexy back. I hated sexy back. Well, just curious. What well, what about it that you didn't like? I just didn't like the sound. He saw. I mean, he, that's what it is when you. I guess when you're a genius and you just do stuff, you're ahead of your time. Sexy back was ahead of his time, and I, you know me. Me coming from where I came from. You know, I'm like, nah, man, I can't play that in the club. I can't play no sexy back in the club. Nah, nobody's not going to like that. Uh-uh. And then I guess once I saw, you know, when I saw the visual that him and Justin had, I was like, oh, okay, this is what, you know, what it was. So it was just a whole movement, you know, from getting healthy, you know, getting, losing weight, getting your body right, and the clothing and, you know, the way you talk, you know, what you eat. So... That's when the vision became a sex pack. But in the beginning, I hated that song. Couldn't stand it. I want to kind of go into, uh, I, I, I read in an interview, um, they asked you what songs or artists would you include in you know, your dream DJ set. Right. Um, and you you know, you know mentioned Teddy, Teddy Pendergrass, Marvin Gaye, Frankie Bell, Luther Vandross, uh, Keith Sweat, and you know, the OJs. But then you only have one, I guess, one technical rap group, which is Run DMC. What is, what is it about the... Kind of the the old old school that is uh that's near and dear to your heart as a DJ. Yeah, that's that's to me that's real music. And when I when I first started DJing, uh, I wasn't really DJing, but you know, still was. I was playing the music, you know, for at my at the parties at for the house parties at my house. Um, so playing my my aunt, my auntie's uh you know her forty fives or her, you know her albums you know, from the Michael Jacksons to the uh you know Teddy Pendergrass you know. Uh, Jeffrey Osborne playing those records. I just those records just always stuck with me, you know, coming up. And when I used to go and watch the other DJs, like when Uncle Luke and all them was DJing back in the days, those were the records that I grew up on. So, you know, I, to this day, those are my favorite records. I always try to stick one or two of them in, you know, so that the the '90s babies, the '90s babies, you know, can understand that. This is before Lil Wayne. This is for before Young Jeezy. You know, even though Jeezy is around my age, but the the, the younger people now they don't know nothing about Teddy Pendergrass or Luke Vandross. They don't know the old older records. So I always try to make it my business to play a couple of them in my sets so that everybody, you know, can remember like, yo, this was real music before now. Why? Why? Why did I was also like why? Why did you? Uh, why did you start DJing? Um, I just like music, and like I said, it started from the house, the house parties we used to have, and I just loved, I just loved to be able to, you know, put on some songs, put on the songs, and you know, just watch people react, and that's what it was. And every time we had a house party, they always called me, "Hey, where you at? Come on, out and play the records," you know, play either, you know, playing some Johnny Teller or some James Brown for my grandmother them. You know, it was I was always the DJ, and then you know just grew into it, and that's what I wanted to do. Do you have a favorite? I know you uh, when you go on, when you go on live performances and uh, concerts. Do you have a favorite part of the live performance? I mean, that you like, is there something that you always look forward to, or and, and the opposite question is: Is there something you always dread about it? Um, well, always the first thing I always look to look forward to is uh, this is crazy when we're overseas and. I always play about 15 minutes before Tim, you know, get ready to come on stage. And I will always play uh, a Snoop record. And 
the crowd will always go retarded. And that would let me know that, you know, okay, these people know some hip hop. Right. And I, you know, that, that's the, you know, people say, why are you playing a record? Because uh, I play them all the time. But when I play, you know, another record, this always, you know, if I play, when I play a Snoop record or a big hip hop record, you know, it could be a biggie record. When I play it and you get the reaction from the crowd, it's like, wow, it's all worth it. But then when you get to go, you know, you do a show and most of the, the majority of the crowd is corporate, like, ah, oh, you're not going to really have the same energy, you have the same fun, you know, as you will with just a regular crowd. So that's the dreadful part of it. And, and as you mentioned, you, you, uh, you, you, you play national on the stage, but then you also play international. Do you get a sense right. that, um, I guess, there's, that, I guess, is it true, or do you get a sense that international folks or people are more passionate about hip-hop than national, or is there not that sense? Oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. The international people, the, see, the thing is, the thing is, they're, they're like, two years behind. Sometimes they're like two years behind on hip-hop. But what happens is they enjoy it so much, you know, and they're so more passionate about the old-school hip-hop, you know, and some of the new commercial hip-hop, you know, that, man, that's what they want to hear. Like, they really love the hip-hop. over, You know, over here, you know, you can't really play no Grandmaster Flash. You can't really play no... um, uh, I don't know, rappers they like really in the club like that. But if you play it overseas, you know, you get the response as if you was playing the biggest Dr. Dre, the biggest Timberland, or the, doc, the biggest Justin Timberlake record. You know what I'm saying? They just love hip-hop, mm. you know, and real hip-hop overseas. What's, what's, what, what is the future for, uh, what's your future projects for uh, Freestyle Steve? Uh, right now I'm working on my, uh, D, my DJ uh, mixtape party set, uh, series rather, um, it's called, uh, it's actually called the party series. And, um, what it is, is every city or every country that I go to, the music or the tape will kind of reflect, you know, what was going on, how I felt, how the club was rocking at that point in time, you know what I'm saying? And the city will be, you know, for that city. Um, also working on some remixes last night, we was actually in the studio, you know, doing it, working on a couple of remixes of film songs, mm. um, this without them not there, but this is just what I'm working on. Uh, you know, a couple of remixes uh, to send overseas. So, you know, you start hearing Freestyle Steve voice all over the place on a couple of these big records. Freestyle Steve, man, thanks so much for joining me today on um, And You Don't Stop with Chuck D and The Library with Tim Einenkel. No problem. Appreciate the time. This is Tim Einenkel with The Library. Peace. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.